to Dissecting This Fiction, a podcast where we discuss the latest in movies, TV, and games. Because we're always DTF, and you should be too. I'm your host, Steven. And I'm your co-host, Jessica. And where the hell is our Spider-Man No Way Home trailer number two? Huh, Sony? Huh, Marvel? <laughs> they definitely seem to be procrastinating on this. Do thing. I need to send you to your bedrooms? <laughs> With no phones? You're grounded <laughs> until you release the damn trailer. <laughs> And there better be three Spider-Men. Yeah. Do you think they will? Do you think they'll have a trailer revealing all of that? Or do you think they're going to wait till the movie? I mean, the rumors are that there's a second trailer mm-hmm. that has both of them in it. Okay. Andrew Garfield and... Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Thank you. Yeah. See? I'm already forgetting their names yeah. because it's been so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy, right? We're five weeks out. I know. It's got to happen soon. To the release of the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a chance it can get delayed at this point? Knock on wood. I hope not, but I don't really want to speak to it so that I don't jinx it. I think that's wood. <laughs> yeah, that it is. looks like it's wood. It's wood. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so crazy that we haven't had a trailer yet for, well, a second trailer. Yeah. But at the same time, I kind of am looking forward to the idea that it won't be revealed like maybe don't even at, don't even have a trailer at this point yeah and just let people find out by having to go to the theater obviously you're gonna you know find out through internet gossip right right after the first batch of showings but like we say this all the time like well that would have been fun to see in the in the movie if that was just kept under wrap you know if they don't spoil it in the trailer yeah it would be really cool to see like a really big shocker once you're in the movie for once. I feel like it's been a while mm-hmm. since we've had that because of all the spoilers on the internet and all that shit. Yeah. I think the marketing that they did with the first trailer is enough to bring a big mass to want to see this movie. Because now they have, whether it's true or not, about mm-hmm. there being multiple Spider-Man characters in yeah. this. Now they have this message of the rumor. Yeah. That has, in a way, its own marketing yeah. force to get people into theaters. For. That's true. That's true. Honestly, it would be better for them, I think, to not reveal it. Because then you have more people wanting to know the answer going to the movie. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to draw you in more. Yeah. Whereas some people might see, oh, they are in it? No, I don't care anymore. You know? I don't know. Especially if they didn't want them to be in it. Exactly. Because yeah, there's some people, are who, are people very against who are very it. upset the idea they would be in the movie. Which seems weird, but here we are. Yep. <laughs> but what? So it's the last Marvel movie, right? This year? I think so. We've got Hawkeye, the TV show, mm-hmm. but this is the last movie yeah. coming out in 2021. Yeah. I can't believe this year is basically almost over. It feels like it's gone a lot faster than I thought it would. Yeah. And speaking of going fast. Yeah. So we are going to be having a shorter episode. Mm-hmm. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Because we have the Eternals. Yes. We did see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, still putting together the notes for it, but I, I hope to get that pushed out sometime this week. But we're going to try to do a smaller episode this week so we can focus on that as well. Mm-hmm. There was just some stuff I wanted to talk about. Yes. Uh, so, get out your stopwatches. Yeah. We're going to speed run this episode. Okay, let's do it. And by that, I mean <laughs> maybe five minutes less than usual. <laughs> But let's get started, huh? Yeah. Let's try it. Yeah. So, 
This week, I found out some really big news as far as stuff that I want to watch. Okay. Uh, you know, I watched the Nora from Queens show. That mm-hmm. was, It was on HBO Max. I think it was originally Comedy Central. Yes. Found out. I don't know when it came out, but I found out there is a season two. Mm-hmm. And it's already out on HBO Max. Okay. So, now I have to go and watch that Binge show. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I didn't realize it had been out yet. Got it. Well, that's good news for you. At least now you can binge it. You don't have to worry about like waiting week to week or something. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I'll finish it in like one or two days and then yeah. I'll be mad. That it doesn't, that you don't have anything else to over. watch. I'm yeah. like, well, when's season three coming out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, also on Netflix, uh, that movie with Dwayne Johnson, Gal Gadot, and Ryan Reynolds, Red Notice, is coming out on the 12th. Yeah, I've been seeing uh, like video like teaser bullshit all over instagram mm-hmm. for it i completely forgot about this movie until they started pumping out the advertising again Same. yeah which they probably realized people forgot about it mm-hmm. they were like oh we better uh, do a lot of advertising immediately <laughs> yeah so yeah those are the two things i'm looking forward to this week okay um i have two things that are like not my usuals but i'm excited for them Belfast, we just saw the trailer for this, I think before Eternals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, it's like clearly like a serious, like a drama situation, but it's kind of like semi-historical. It looks like there's, it's based around maybe 1960s Belfast, Ireland, because it talks about like the, it's, there's like the, mm-hmm. uh, the Irish car bomb situation, that whole deal. Um, and it's like Jamie Dornan and a couple other people that i recognized and i don't know it just seemed like something i might be wanting to check out yeah it did seem like a nice change up yeah to like what you usually see in theaters yes yeah felt very niche market yeah if you will it's kind of like one of the like the the war movies but like not Mm full-on war it's just i really enjoyed that it was black and white too yeah i thought it was cool so i'm excited for that one coming out to theaters on november 12th and also, The Shrink Next Door is a is coming out on Apple TV Plus on November 12th. And that is not what I thought it was originally, but it's Paul Rudd, Will Ferrell, and Katherine Hahn. And it's also a drama, I think, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> where uh, Paul Rudd is this psychiatrist and Will Ferrell goes to see him. But then it looks like Paul Rudd, the psychiatrist, seems to like kind of take over his life and get like, they have like a weird too close relationship where the psychiatrist is kind of like controlling him. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it kind of goes out of control. So I'm interested to see. Yeah, I can't tell if this is based off a true story or not, but it. Yeah, it feels like it could be. It could be, yeah. Um, and it'll be really cool to see. I know that they all have really good acting chops. They're all fucking hilarious. So I hope there's a little bit of humor every now and then just to play to that. But I know it seems like they're definitely going for a more serious tone mm-hmm. situation. Some other movies coming out to theaters this coming week are Clifford the Big Red Dog, um, 11 on the 10th, November 10th. Um <laughs> I know we saw the trailer for that too i think yeah it just get every it, time i see it it gets more ridiculous i'm like really i feel like the dog gets bigger every trailer yeah yeah i'm actually not sure if this is officially in theaters but that's what it's saying online mm-hmm. but there's a movie out coming out on the 12th called apex okay and it's starring bruce willis oh and it's like a really like looks straight to dvd type uh-huh, movie uh-huh. from what i saw in the trailer yeah pretty much he was like 
an ex-cop convicted of a crime he didn't do. Weird. And now he's going to be put into some Hunger Game type thing where it's like five or so hunters versus him. Okay. And uh, I don't know the actor's name, but we've been watching movies with Bruce Willis lately this year. Mm-hmm. And every movie had this one actor in it, which I feel like is, it's got to just be his friend or something. And he's also in this one. Yeah. But yeah, it didn't look like it was something that should be going to theaters, but it's claiming it's going to theaters. So who knows? Yeah. Okay. I was like, I think this, I was kind of picturing it in my head and I looked, I was like, yeah, that's definitely, I feel like we might've seen a trailer for this or maybe just like a, yeah, it, a poster. It <laughs> fell on par with Cosmic Sin uh-huh. and the other one he was in recently. Yeah. The what, the other space The movie. other Cosmic Sin, essentially. <laughs> yeah. Cosmic, breach? Was it Breach? Yeah, Breach. Yeah. Cosmic Sin 2. <laughs> yeah. Breach. Yeah, I feel like he's just like, you know what? I'm going to see how many low-budget movies I can get in a year. Yeah. It's a numbers game. He's probably really. like, um, I'll record two days. Yeah. You pick the days. It's like it's adding it up, so it doesn't really matter. So that's actually coming to theaters, supposedly. I, allegedly. Okay. That's what the interweb is saying. Got it, got it. Okay, good to know. Ivan was like, is it coming to On Demand, to be sure? And I still got, it's theater. Wow. So it's probably limited release, like in an abandoned theater somewhere. Right, right. That nobody knew Watch like our AMC, existed. get it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's on every screen. Yeah. There's no other movies. <laughs> there's no other movies showing, just this one. Uh, and then there's another movie called Multiverse, which I feel like they were like, you know what? Marvel's got this whole multiverse thing going. Maybe we should make a movie called Multiverse. Let's capitalize on that. Um, basically, it seems like some team of scientists learn about the existence of multiple dimensions, whatever. Mm-hmm. It turns into some like crazy thing where they have to like kill the other people because they like realize that it's like not something you want to fuck with. And yeah. it's like causing trouble in their universe. Okay, yeah. Sounds like some kind of a dark... Yeah, dark turn of yeah. events. Understood. It sounds like it could be interesting, though. Yeah, that's also allegedly theaters. Okay. It definitely sounds like But shredded. I just learned about it today, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least in our universe. Right. Yeah. Maybe we learned about it earlier in one yeah. of the other ones. Uh, some notable mentions. Shang-Chi uh, and Jungle Cruise are both coming to Disney Plus on the 12th. Oh, nice. That's uh, a part of their... Disney Plus Celebration Day, whatever the hell they're doing. You know, oh, yeah, it's like it, Disney it, Plus it's Day the, or something. It's like the second year that Disney Plus has been out. Yeah, so yeah. they have their announcements coming on that day. So look for those. We'll obviously talk about them, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But with that, these two movies will also come to the service. And I think we have a little bit of news later on about part of that, too. Okay. A couple announcements for Netflix, specifically. Lost in Space Season 3. Mm-hmm. And the final season of the series mm-hmm. uh, will release on Netflix December 1st. Yeah. Sneak it up on us. Just in time to watch it for Christmas. Yep. Uh, Stranger Things Season 4 is returning summer of 2022. I so, know. I saw that there was a trailer, I think. Yeah. It yeah. was I didn't more of a it. teaser, but yeah. Yeah. Some bad news for anybody looking forward to the Rogue Squadron film. The film is reportedly being removed from the release schedule indefinitely due to patty jenkins having other commitments this is coming from the hollywood reporter bummer so we do know that she has wonder woman 3 
with WB. Mm-hmm. And we know that she has Cleopatra with Paramount Pictures. Mm-hmm. There is no confirmation on what obligations she has that are stopping her from doing this film on time. Just something. Just something. Okay. But what, but Wonder Woman 3 was supposed to be after Rogue Squadron. So oh, okay. that one theoretically wasn't the problem. But now if this is off the table, then it's possible that that could be filmed first now, right? Yeah, that's true. How are you feeling about this? Was this something you were looking forward to? Eh, I, I mean, mean, it was big news when it was announced last I'm year. I'm interested in it, but it's it wasn't close enough for me to get all hyped about it anyway. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really affect me. I was hyped for it. Mm-hmm. And then Wonder Woman 1984 happened. <laughs> and so now I'm he- I'm hearing this and I'm like, eh. Yeah, that's okay. To yeah. me, it's like, worst case, you find a different director. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to feel like it's a loss. Yeah. Got some exciting news for you specifically. Yeah. And anybody within your cult <laughs> It's only Harry allowed Potter. to be just me, though, not anyone Harry, else. Your Harry Potter cult. Oh, okay. What do they call that? Uh, just being Harry Potter fans? Yeah, okay. well, whatever you want to call it. Okay. It's a cult. Oh, okay. Uh, so director of the Philosopher's Stone, that's the first one, right? Yeah. Okay, see? Guess I'm in your cult now. Yeah. Uh, where'd you get this article? Was it somewhere from the UK? It is from Variety, so whatever okay. that means. Well, I, the only reason I brought it up is because there's a difference in, uh, it's called the Philosopher's Stone usually in the UK and the Sorcerer's Stone in the US, so that's why I was curious. What's it called for the movie, officially? Uh, I know the books are different. The movie is Philosopher's Stone, so I guess maybe that's so, why. I guess you're not really a fan after all. You didn't mm, even know that. Well, actually, no. I guess it's Sorcerer's Stone. It's probably okay. different based on where you are. Okay, well, you know so, what? They need to just keep it consistent. It doesn't matter. It was just a curiosity of mine, so. Okay, well. So, please tell me more. Personally, I'm more of a fan of the Warlock Stone. Yeah. But that's like a niche market Yeah. version. Of course. Uh, so, the director, Chris Columbus, mm-hmm. he must really hate that name now. Yeah. You know what? That's why he doesn't go by Christopher. <laughs> Changes it to Christ. <laughs> Still better. Uh, he apparently was talking to Variety uh, and said that he would be interested in doing an adaptation of The Cursed Child on the big screen uh, with all of the cast returning because at their age now, they would apparently be appropriately aged for the story of the cursed child yeah i think it takes place about 19 years after uh the harry potter books i mean i don't know how long it's been since the last movie a while not been that long though right i don't know but like, like maybe a decade but regardless the age of the actors is now matching the age of mm. their characters gotcha, gotcha. In the, yeah yeah so his exact quote was i would love to, to direct the cursed child it's a great play and the kids are actually the right age to play those roles it's a small fantasy of mine. Now, do you think that they would want to... Do you think those people would want to come back to Harry Potter? I feel like Daniel Radcliffe has been no, done nothing but distance himself from the property. Like, he's always doing this crazy, crazy wacko stuff that's, like, he's nowhere near... always very, uh... Like... Odd roles. Yes, very odd roles and, like... Guns akimbo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
Well, the actor that plays Ron, he'll probably want to come back. Rupert right? Grant, he probably would come back. Yeah. He's he has... in Serpent on Apple TV Plus. Okay. Was he also he might he maybe played like a guest role in Peaky Blinders or something like that. There was another show hmm. that was like Peaky Blinders that he was in for a while. Oh. There was a TV show that they made of Snatch. Ah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know how I knew that? <laughs> how did you know that? Because I downloaded a PlayStation VR experience based off the TV show. Based has, off the movie. Ba- based off the Taco movie. Bell. Inside of Taco Bell. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he's on the cover of the. Uh, okay. Okay. The tile. That makes sense. It. Okay. Yeah, he would easily come back. Yeah. Emma Watson, I feel like she's... Is she doing a lot right now? No, she's basically, like, not acting. She's doing, like, activism. The world kind of shut down with all that, but... What? Granted, like, the world shut down with with filming for a while, but... she seems to be mostly in, like, activism-type stuff these days. Okay. Not so much acting. Well, you know what? It would give her money to go throw at her activist (laughs) stuff. Causes, Causes. There you go. (laughs) That's a good point. Um, I don't know. I feel like they would be down to do it. Like, it's... Uh, even if you want to, like, not feel like you're tied to that character, like, to an extent, like, that's kind of what built you as... Yeah, that's... The celebrity you are, right? Yeah, yeah. I feel like Tom Felton would 100% come back, like, in a heartbeat. He was the one who... I don't who, know who that is. Uh, Draco Malfoy. He was oh, on okay. Flash yeah. for a minute. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think you already answered that he would definitely come back. Yeah. <laughs> he was on, like... Half of a season, not just of Flash. because of that show, but because like he's like on famously on social media, he's always like still he sings the praises of that role and how gotcha. it in you know like got him where he is essentially. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I hope it happens. Yeah, I I'd mean, okay I feel like it. it would easily happen. I, I can't imagine WBs be like, well, I don't know. We don't like money. Uh, <laughs> We've got enough. Because you could do at least two movies, right? Yeah. We saw the play. Yes. I think we even did a episode where we talked about it. We did, yeah. Maybe spoiler free, but Mm -hmm. it's one of our early, early episodes. So anyone interested in checking that out? Yeah. Look for it. Yeah. Some, it was a March of 2020. So. There you go. That's when we saw it. (laughs) We saw it the weekend before the world shut down. (laughs) Yeah. What was that movie? There's a movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. Mm -hmm. Would you say... The lockdown is deemed the day the earth stopped moving. Possibly. Unofficially, of course. Unofficially. Scientifically, like it's the probably. The earth actually been... kept moving. Yeah. It's just it's... all the rest of us on it. Yeah. <laughs> stopped. <laughs> but yeah, I, I definitely feel like they would do this cursed child. I, I recall it being an entertaining story. I don't know. I know it's like a fan thing that was like permission was given right isn't mm-hmm. that how it worked yeah it was like unofficially official or officially unofficial <laughs> officially or unofficial. weird shit like that yeah but i feel like i remember enjoying that story and i don't know the ins and outs of harry potter so yeah i would imagine people like you and the cult would really enjoy yeah i'm not a cult by the way well we'll see okay again wb's gonna want to do something for like the next generation of children right to like get onto the bandwagon because mm-hmm. at this point there's got to be children who are young enough who haven't read harry potter or seen the movies right yeah for sure uh there's been an update on the black panther wakanda forever filming uh, apparently 
It is now going to be on hold until early 2022 to finish the filming uh, because actor Letitia Wright is still injured from her injury back in August uh, where she, she's basically been recovering since then in London. Wow. Uh, and they were doing filming that did not have to do with her. And now they are completed with all of that. So now oh, they have to okay. wait for her recovery to then film the rest of the movie. I was like, how the fuck did she get injured if she wasn't even being filmed? Not again. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. So uh, director Ryan Coogler is now just... Just twiddling his thumbs, waiting. Yep. He's just... Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for hopefully her to be like, get, I'm good to go. Hopefully it doesn't get pushed back so far it ends up like shifting release dates or anything. I am kind of curious if maybe this was taken into consideration because it was a few weeks ago we had a oh, shift yeah. in all of the movies. Right, right, right. I am curious if maybe this had something to do with that. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Also, do you think this says anything about whether or not she is going to become the next Black Panther in the movie? I mean, at very minimum, if they she's a very if they've big done part. all of the filming besides her, because that doesn't really say anything as far as the amount she has to film, right? But I'm just curious if that means that it probably means she's not a significant role of filming. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think she could still be a pretty significant role because if she weren't that significant mm-hmm. of a role. They could have probably re- rewritten some scenes to not have to worry about filming her more. That's true. That's my logic. Anyway. That's true. It's apparently still on track to hit November eleventh of next year. So okay, that's good. I guess that means they've got a decent amount of her if she is a bigger role. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. All right, this is some of the news coming up now. Uh, that was a part of the Disney Plus thing that we'll be seeing on Friday. They're adding new IMAX expanded aspect ratios to 13 of the Marvel films. Uh, so basically you will get 25% more picture in select sequences of the films. Okay. I'm a little confused how this works. So does that mean that everything is basically going to be zoomed out so that you would get a bigger like range? It seems that way um, because like I think IMAX is just wider, right? So maybe... I don't really know. Um, I just know it's a big screen. Yeah, that's my guess. Is I think IMAX <laughs> is just wider, so they're going to just essentially zoom out so you can see that extra like yeah. extra on the sides. And I'm going to show how dumb I am, because honestly, I didn't realize that you miss out on part of movies with how they currently go. I figured they just film in a way that it is the same ratio when you see it at home. Yeah. So I guess we miss out on... Like, the edging of films in general? Yeah, but, like, largely, whenever they, when whenever they're, it's kind of like both things are true. I think when they're filming it, they know that the outside portions are just bonus features, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, they make sure that the, in, the, the inner section, which is the smallest aspect ratio, is going to have all the action. But you may catch some little side things that are more... Like, you're not missing something important right. if you watch it on your Blu-ray at right. home versus when you saw it in theater, right? Right. You're just missing you're some, missing like, little extra... You're not missing Tony's snap. You're not going to no. see his hand on the outskirts yeah. of the screen. Yeah. And you don't even like, see so what did, what does he, what did he do? He's just standing there. I don't understand. He's <laughs> being pretty dramatic. I don't get it. Um, I feel like you're just missing like little details on the sides. Like maybe you get to see something as it's passing the screen. You get to see it for longer, Mm -hmm. but you don't ever, you wouldn't miss it, I would imagine. Gotcha. Okay. Well, 
a lot of movies, pretty much the Guardian of the Galaxy films, uh, Civil War, Doctor Strange, uh, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther, both Infinity War and Endgame, Black Widow, and uh, Shang-Chi and Iron Man, it looks like. Nice. Probably missing one, but a lot of a lot of films. So yeah. even if you've watched them recently, I guess you have a reason to go back and watch them again. Yeah. See the difference. Yeah, definitely. I am curious if they're going to provide both versions or if you're just basically going to get swapped oh, out. That's a good question. I hope there's both versions because I kind of want to see side by side as well. I guess we'll have to watch some of them then. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, also, just a little bonus thing that I found today for people who are interested uh, Disney is offering a one-month subscription to Disney Plus for $2, and it's available through November 14th. So I guess Sunday. Nice. Coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for new and returning customers, oh, so wow. everybody can get this deal for one month. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I assume they're trying to push marketing to get people to go watch Hawkeye. Yeah. Raise those subscriber numbers for the holiday yeah. quarter. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, last in our news, Eternals opened this last weekend and it grossed $71 million. And they were expecting around 75 to $80 million. Okay. So they got lower than expected. Uh, Black Widow hit $80 million when it released. And Shang-Chi hit $75.3 million when it released. Okay. So it's the weakest of the Marvel films so far. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't say that it did bad. I would just yeah, say... Yeah, I agree. I think they did have some issues with some areas. So the release might have been a little more limited than the mm. other two. Yes. Well, Black Widow had its Disney Plus release as well. True, For true. $30. Mm-hmm. And they pulled in $60 million on yeah. top of the $80 million for right. that. The one thing I do want to point out, though... Is, if you remember Black Widow, there was like some American theater, whatever, alliance thingy. Yes. That was basically blaming Disney yeah. for a theater's failure because of Black Widow being also on Disney+. Plus. Yes. Where is your outrage mm-hmm. with Disney currently if you're seeing a movie that's exclusive to theater mm-hmm. doing less than Black Widow yeah. when it was also on Disney+. Plus? Yeah. That's a good Just question. Just want to throw that out there. Yeah. And remember, Eternals had gotten a really bad critic score on yeah. Rotten Tomato. I think yeah. it's like 54 or something crazy right now. Wow. It's really low. Um, but if I'm correct, the audience score is pretty pretty good. I think it's like 80-ish. Okay. That makes range. sense. Let me look it up just to be safe. All right. The official numbers are the critic score out of 307 reviews is 48%. Yikes. And out of audience scores, which is 5,000 plus verified ratings, it's at 80%. <laughs> wow. That's a really good uh, illustration of the difference between critics and the general public. I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> it almost makes you think that critics look for things Yeah. to dislike so they could write a review. Yeah. Yeah. It does make you wonder. It's definitely been interesting, the uh, drastic score difference between the critic and audience of this film. Yeah. It's not the first time we've seen that, but it's it's a, it's not so common, I think, to see that with the like bigger Marvel movies, as far as I can remember, looking mm-hmm. at the ratings. that It's not usually so dichotomous with these. It's, yeah. It's a little bit more 
standardized. Since we brought up the Eternals, let's start with that and we can jump on into our what we watched this week. So here's how our rating system works. If we hated something, we'll burn it. If it was just okay or we're neutral, we're going to test it. And if it was pretty good, we're going to slice it. If we absolutely love the shit out of it, we're going to dissect it. And if all of us dissect it, we're, we're DTF. DTF. Put a little a, switcheroo yeah, on you. A little change up. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I panicked and started reading. So I was like, you know what? We're going to do this. <laughs> so The Eternals. Uh, it released in theaters on November 5th. And it's directed by Chloe Zhao, who wrote the screenplay with Patrick Burley, Ryan Furpo, and Kaz Furpo. Uh, those two, the Furpos, also wrote uh, the story. And the story is based on the Eternals comics by Jack Kirby. So there's a lot of names involved in the production of this. Okay. Um, it's got an ensemble cast. We've got a lot of people in there. Gemma Chan, she's uh, known from, she was in Captain Marvel. She was also in Transformers. She was a, uh, and then we also have Richard Madden. He's, we all know him from Game of Thrones. I'm sure he's in lots of other things. Kumail Nanjiani, we know him from Silicon Valley. Uh, Leah McHugh. She's kind of newer. I I don't think I've seen her in anything. Yeah. She was she played Sprite. She played the young, Sprite. Yeah. She, she seems like a relative newcomer. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry. He's from a lot of things. One of them I think is a show called This Is Us. It was a pretty popular thing. I didn't watch okay. it. I recognize them. He was in Joker, right? Yes. He was the guy in the mental asylum that had the files. Yes. Yes. That was okay. <laughs> it's a very small role. Very specific. I thought it was probably the best of the movie. Of you course. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Um, Lauren Ridloff, we've been seeing her recently when we were watching The the Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Um, And Barry Keoghan, I'm guessing how to say that, so I apologize if that's wrong. He was in Dunkirk, which is a big movie. I never saw it, but I assume people will remember him from that. Um, Don Lee, who's from Train to Busan. Yeah, that's the only thing I ever saw him in. Um, And Salma Hayek from like everything on the planet, but most recently Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Um, Angelina Jolie, I'm not even going to bother mentioning. She's in like a million things. Uh, we all know her. And uh, Kit Harington, of course, from Game of Thrones as well. So lots and lots and lots of big names in this. And that's only the the, the primary cast. That's like there's still... Basically the Eternals. Right? Yes, those that's are the Eternals. Like other characters. Yeah, there's a were... lot of other big names. We're not going to get too far into it. This is just going to be our spoiler-free review because we will be discussing it on our separate spoiler cast. Anatomy of... The Eternals. Yes. Um, so, what are your overall... What, what's your like quick thoughts on this one? Uh, I don't understand the critics' score. I no. just don't understand it. I feel like this was a very solid Marvel film. Mm-hmm. It, I think, did a lot different than the typical formula. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was more of a dialogue-heavy setup. And I think we kind of talked about this, expecting this. It felt very, we are setting the foundation for where the MCU is Mm -hmm. going. Yeah. But I think it did it in a fun way that didn't feel like it was just a slog. Like, it did feel like it was its own thing while setting things up. Yes. At the very least, it expanded on things we already knew the Celestials from Guardians. Like, you know, we get a reference of them. Yeah. This builds upon that. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, I, in a sense, I feel kind of helps with those movies even. Yes. Um, 
overall, I loved the dialogue. I loved the dynamics of the characters. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting how it wasn't really black and white. It was very gray. Even within the team, you had dynamics of different ideologies and views mm-hmm. uh, within what they their goal was, what they were there to do. Mm-hmm. And I liked how they weren't just on the same page with everything. Yeah, they weren't just like mindless drones part of a team. Um, I did, I will say that I felt like there were a lot of different storylines going on because you kind of get a little bit like each, almost each Eternal gets their own little Mm storyline. And and some of it I thought was like maybe a little unnecessary or maybe this movie wasn't the right place for it. Like you need a different, like maybe a Disney Plus series to like go into that maybe. But Maybe we'll get that too. Yeah. We have a long period of time that we established in this movie that yeah. these characters are doing their own thing. Yeah. I'm clearly influencing. Uh, so who knows? I if believe. there's fan favorites of this movie, maybe they will get a, mm-hmm. a Disney Plus series in yeah. a couple years to kind of fill in those those fill times of yeah. what they were doing during the five years or yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. So even though there were some pieces that I thought were like a little bit focused on too much, I think overall it was really good. The acting was great. I think... Um, it did lay a nice base for the potential to see more of <laughs> the big bad in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not really sure exactly where they're going to go with it, but it, it, it laid a nice base layer for us and they could kind of jump off in multiple different directions. Yeah. And I think it brings up a lot of questions as far as not just where they're going, Mm-hmm. But what does this mean for events that have already happened? Because I feel like there were some things where I'm like, well, wait a minute. Now, how does this tie into that movie or that one over there? Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. it's very interesting. Yes. And it is definitely a change from the comics, it seems, mm-hmm. what they're doing. You know, they've changed actors and it was definitely a more diverse cast than you would see in the comic. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was well suited. I think they did really well with what they they were going for Mm -hmm. uh like you kind of said every character felt like they had their moment to kind of give their backstory or just kind of their arc who they are their power yes their moment if you will yeah to shine and i think this was a very solid film yeah overall i really enjoyed it and i don't understand why it was so poorly received by the critics the only thing i can think of is if they were mad about how much how many different stories were happening i don't know Mm -hmm. maybe film like like from like a film critic standpoint it's too confusing but like there was stuff that was like not necessary yeah but like it didn't go far that it complicated the story yeah exactly one thing that surprised me though is i was really expecting a heavy jumping back and forth between like modern time Mm -hmm. and, and historical times yeah. And I feel like it was really more focused on modern time than it was jumping around as much as I thought it would. Yes. Like the trailer really made me think that there would be a lot of history mm-hmm. stuff in this and it really was not and a in, big part. And in typical Marvel fashion, there are some misleading things in the trailer. Mm-hmm. So be prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> and then that kind of really explains why there's so much more of that in the trailer as well. Yeah, this this one definitely got me wanting to know more about the Eternals, mm-hmm. about the grander scheme of what 
the Marvel Universe is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know some of these characters through different comics I've read, but I don't have a big knowledge about most of them. So right. I, yeah. I'm going to go and read up on some of these characters mm-hmm. and, and get ready for the next time we see them. Yeah, definitely. So I would say for me, I'd say it's a slice it. it mm-hmm. I really enjoyed myself. Mm-hmm. I agree. It's also a slice it for me. I had a great time. It was, it didn't have like, you know, a lot of Marvel movies, there'll be like applause at the end. So it wasn't like one of those, but it was really good. I enjoyed it. Solid slice it. All right. Uh, we are catching up on all the Spider-Man films, as mm-hmm. we've said last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are now on Spider-Man 2 of the Sam Raimi trilogy. Yep. Uh, this stars Tobey Maguire, Alfred Molina, who plays Doc Ock, uh, Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane, James Franco as Harry Osborn, J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. uh, and as we said, directed by Sam Raimi. And this one came out in 2004. Yes. This, of course, is the sequel to the first Spider-Man film, where Green Goblin was the main antagonist. <laughs> I have to say, this is probably, in my mind, the best spider-man film we've had at all yeah ever so far yeah of course okay well i mean we're gonna go watch the other ones again yeah from what i can remember seeing those movies this is the best yeah like as far as adaptation of relationships with the characters Mm -hmm. uh, i just the acting is so great yeah the action scenes in this one are so yeah they're intense i feel like I don't remember there being as much action in this one as there was. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of thrown off by it as well. Whenever, like, some of the scenes, like the like the train situation and, like, a lot of that. I mean, I remember the train situation. Like, but, like I remember it, it. It was so much more complex than I remember it being. Yeah. And it just felt like the story flew really well. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I just think it was, like, the best spider-man film so far very like the most true to the spider-man my only complaint is like and i know this is like the whole trilogy but the will they won't they with mary jane is just so unnecessary in these films i kind of wish that they just kind of did it like oh they're together (laughs) and now she's at risk of being harmed by villains like yeah Yeah. we don't need the fucking friends yeah ross and rachel Yes. Of this, you know? Yeah, that part was really obnoxious. And, like, I get that was a thing to an extent in comics, but it just, it felt like it was, it's, it was way overdone in this. Yeah. It was just kind of dumb to be like, oh, I'm in love with you. Well, I'm engaged. And then, oh, okay, I'm in love with you too. Well, I can't. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's... No. This isn't fucking the CW. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe that's what spawned maybe, the maybe. CW's movie. CW was like, I or, think they're on to something here. Yeah. <laughs> But even just like if you like pay attention, like they're they are setting things up in this one. Like you could, they have a, a moment where you get Doc Connors, which is the lizard. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a moment where you get Jay Jonah's son, which is the astronaut who brings Venom back mm-hmm. on accident in the comics. It felt like they were setting things up that mm-hmm. just never executed correctly. Obviously, we go into the third one, and they they did not do the Venom the way that it was. Right, right. But I feel like they were planning to do that. Yeah. And then something went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Horribly wrong. <laughs> but obviously, we know Doc Ock is a big role coming into No Way Home. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very interested to see 
how he translates to the next film. Mm-hmm. Is he the same one? I, well, we understand he is based off news, but is that a lie? Who knows? Yeah. We'll find out. <laughs> it literally could be anything. The, Disney has straight up lied to us before. Yes. So. <laughs> Although technically it's Sony, right? So Okay, sorry. Like, I mean, Disney is involved. Well, yeah. Marvel is involved. Marvel is what I was going for, yeah. But yeah, I mean, if we're if we're rating these ones, this was obviously a dissective for me. Yeah. I, I think this is a great one. Even the design of Doc Ock in this is so grounded but true to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, it's You very... see the evolution of not just his character, mm-hmm. but his costume even. Yeah, and like the progression and the invention of the arms and all of that, like they they make sense. Like scientifically, mm-hmm. there's there's basis for it rather than just some random like chemical spill or whatever, you know. Like, <laughs> so I agree. Um, I, it's a slice it for me. Still, it was still really good, but um, I I can notice. I, again, I didn't have that background of like the Spider-Man comics or any of that whenever I watched this. So mm-hmm. I really do have a, I think I, I think it's just because I've watched them more recently. I feel like the Tom Holland ones are better, but as we watch further, I'll well, see. arguably speaking, they are because of the, you know, the money put into them. Yeah, and, of course. And the, the grand arc of being within other movies too, mm-hmm. right. in, in yeah, a way makes them better, but yeah. That's where I struggle. I I feel like on simply a Spider-Man storytelling, Mm -hmm. this one I think is the best we've got. Okay. I will acknowledge that it definitely seems to be really, uh, there's a lot of scenes or things in it that seem to be like straight out of the comics. Mm -hmm. So I think I agree with you with that. I think the best part in this movie too, and it's just such a stupid thing, uh, J. Jonah Jameson... (laughs) I knew it was going to be him. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know exact moment I'm talking? <laughs> I think so. Go ahead. It's where he has Spider-Man's costume. Uh-huh. You know, doing the whole, like, no more, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he thinks that it's over. Yeah. And Doc Ock is going to, like, take over and uh-huh. destroy things. And he's, like, going on saying, like, oh, Spider-Man was a hero. And yeah. like, he was like... I guess I was wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. talking nice about him. Yeah. And, then, and then all of a sudden... The suit's stolen off I the guess wall. Was and he's a like, thief. he's a thief. He's a menace. <laughs> <laughs> and he just gets back into his Immediately. immediate hate yeah. for the character. Yeah. I just thought it was great how they, yeah. they did that. Yeah. He played it so well. Yeah, I agree. He is definitely one of the best parts of these movies. Mm-hmm. So, Which is why they brought him back, right? Yeah, of course. They had to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on, huh? Yes. So, we finally got to watch The French Dispatch. This was released in theaters October 22nd, um, but here we couldn't figure, like, find a way to see it until November 5th because of some weird delay situation. It, I, it just feels like it had, it just feels like it had, like, a real limited release. Yeah. I like, lo- <laughs> we had a theater saying, we had a theater saying they were going to get it, mm-hmm. and then come the day before they just erased it off of their entire app as though it doesn't exist and i'm like what the fuck is going on it had times and everything yeah it just it uh, was just erased it seems that way but i did look at other theaters like in bigger areas near us and it didn't happen to them so i have to assume it was just because of our area i don't know so 
Um, anyway, we did eventually get to see it, so it's pretty exciting. It's an anthology film written, directed, and produced by Wes Anderson from a story he conceived with Roman Coppola, Hugo Guinness, and Jason Schwartzman. I thought that was kind of cool that Jason Schwartzman was involved in um, the writing process, which he's in almost every of his every one of his movies. I'm trying to think who he is. He's um. He was he in this movie for like one scene. Yeah, he's the he like, cartoonist. Oh right, right. Okay, yes. He was recently in um, Fargo, the la- yes. last season of Fargo. Yes. He was like a, a mobster son. Yeah, he's in I th- probably every single Wes Anderson movie. Um, okay, so the plot for this movie follows three different storylines as the French bureau, French Foreign Bureau of the fictional newspaper Liberty Kansas Evening Sun creates its final issue. Um, and there's a huge cast in this. Again, a lot of people have little cameos or tiny parts, so I'm not going to list everybody, but prominently it was starring Bill Murray, who was the editor of the newspaper. Um, and I found out when I was doing the research for this, that, that he was actually, the character was based on Harold Ross, who was a co-founder of the New Yorker. So it seems like this maybe is kind of loosely based on, some parts of it are loosely based on the New Yorker. Mm. And, uh, okay, so then we have Owen Wilson, who was uh, Herb St. Sazerac, who is the cycling reporter. Again, another person uh, loosely based uh, on a real-life person, Joseph Mitchell, a writer for The New Yorker. We also had Tilda Swinton, Benicio Del Toro. Um, Tony Revolori played a young Benicio Del Toro's character. <laughs> um, Adrian Brody, Leah Seydoux. Um, who was recently in the No No Time to Die, I believe is the recent Bond movie. Yes. Okay. So she's in two things currently. Yes. Um, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, obviously. Another person in two things recently. Yes. And Jeffrey Wright, who is, we may know as The Watcher currently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was hard for me to watch this and not think of The Watcher while he was talking. Yeah. I was like... (laughs) So this is your gimmick, huh? Yeah. You like, pretend you... like you just work for a little newspaper in Kansas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a huge cast. Yeah, I, it, it was enormous. The thing that I think disappointed me, though, was the fact that there were so many people tied to this that mm. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see them in this. And then they were such insignificant roles. Yes. And some of which just had maybe two scenes that mm-hmm. were... They were just there. Yeah. And it was nice to see that, like, they have these kind of relationships with Wes Anderson that, mm-hmm. like, they can just pop in just to do something so simple. Yeah. With their big caliber acting yeah. ability and mm-hmm. not use it. But, yeah. like, it does suck if you looked forward if to you those actors. To see them. Yes, that's true. Like, Elizabeth was... Moss, for example, mm-hmm. wasn't really a huge role in this film. Yeah. And she was just I was little... kind of looking forward to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I enjoyed a Saoirse Ronan. Her character it was only a couple of lines, but really well done. And I was hoping to see more of her. So obviously I was a little disappointed in that one as well. But I can I can relate to that. It's it's like, uh, I think there's even more. Because that's what one of my favorite things about Wes Anderson movies is like when I watch it again, there's going to be more things that I'm like, oh my God, that's that person. Or like mm-hmm. little little details. Like you notice there was that one scene where there were like books and you're like, oh, look at that. And that's one of the best things about everything that he does is there's the, always little the details. Yeah, yeah. There's like live Easter eggs. <laughs> it's like, I don't know how to, yeah. otherwise how to explain it, but yeah, the detail is incredible. Um, the cinematography on this was amazing. It had like, 
basically there were three storylines. They were all centered around. They were stories that were going to be published in this paper um, Mm -hmm. or magazine-ish, but it was a paper. And so you kind of get to see the stories happen live, but then there's also this like kind of callback to the actual people that are the staff of the newspaper. Periodically, you see what they're saying in reaction Mm -hmm. to it. So kind of like multiple different worlds going on at once i think what threw me off was i didn't understand going into this that it was like more anthology as far as the articles went same and so i was expecting it all to tie together i'm like i don't understand how this article about Mm -hmm. this art department is going to tie into this one about the guy who rates food yeah and it just (laughs) yeah they obviously never did and it's because they weren't really supposed to i guess the tie-in was they're all a part of of the, the magazine, issue. yes, but they were very individual stories in in their own mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I guess I just needed to know what I was getting into watching this. Yeah, I honestly don't think I realized it was an anthology when we went into it either, and it took me a minute to mm-hmm. figure it out. I was like, okay, because I think one of the reasons I figured it out is because I was like, this seems like the New Yorker <laughs> when you're watching it. Was a lot of the things that they were referencing, like the art that they did that they were showing and mm-hmm. I don't know it just seemed I kind of got vibes from the New Yorker so I was like okay I think that's what they're going for it's they're they're telling this story of the story that's supposed to go in the magazine so I caught on I think after the first story but then I was still kind of wondering if somehow are they going to be more connected than that so um I think the hardest part for me was figuring out the the relationship between Ennui the French town or whatever I, I still don't know if I yeah. understand. Maybe other people will pick on pick up on it faster than I was, but it seemed like there was this connection between Kansas and France, mm-hmm. and I was unclear on it. <laughs> so maybe there was something that was explained in the. I I just took it like Wes Anderson has a thing for French culture. Yeah. Is he? I don't know. Is he French? I don't think so. Okay. I just because <laughs> I'm thinking back because my favorite Wes Anderson film is The Life Aquatic. Yeah. And there is a actor in that who is French. Mm-hmm. I think he's like a musician even. And he like just will randomly play songs mm-hmm. in French. He'll like sing in French and all that stuff throughout that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he does have an affinity for Maybe he's a Francophile. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, by the end of this, I didn't understand like, well, so why are these big, why, <laughs> why are they doing stuff about French yeah. culture yeah. in Kansas? Yeah. I guess that's just their niche magazine was that the point yes so or is that specific to this last issue i think it was their magazine's niche uh there it was a and so the other thing too i talked about how there was characters the reporter and the editor were based on real people i guess some of the the other characters were based on like a real person as well like the guy who discovered the artist who was in jail like that mm-hmm. was based on a real person who was like a, a big art dealer of the time adrian brody's character adrian brody's character okay. um, which i haven't seen him in things for a long time same i was like oh my god he's still acting cool um and then the whole like student timothy mm. chalamet situation like that whole area the protesting and whatnot that was based yeah. on a real thing that happened too and i was like wow okay so it made me <laughs> I was like realizing how little I know of the world, so that was fun. But <laughs> yeah, I really did enjoy the the overall like aesthetic of the the mm-hmm. film, though. Like it's it was very Wes Anderson. You know, you got the planes where yeah, it, you know, 
It's like a cross section. That you see the rooms within all of the plane yeah. and stuff, and then zooms in on one and just rotates through the different mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah. Very, uh, you know, you got his style in there. It reminded me a lot of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Whenever you can see under the gr- underground, uh, where, where the tunnels are dug, and yeah. so it's the same idea. I want to say the Life Aquatic also did that with I the submarine. Think they did, yeah, yeah. It, so that's just a thing he likes. It's to just do. A thing he likes. Yeah. yeah, I mean it it's looks like good style. every yeah. time. It looks cool. I love it because it's like there's like little pockets where there's like it's all just like luggage that's like crammed mm-hmm. into this one area. And like it doesn't make any. It's not yeah. logical, but it yeah. just looks cool. And I love the humor in this because it's so subtle. It's mm-hmm. just like very, like you have to catch it. It's extremely dry before it's gone. Yes, it was very low, very very subtle. So like more subtle than I. I like it a little bit higher so I can catch it (laughs) but um it was very enjoyable I think that it wasn't as if it's the humor when it's a little bit more obvious I I love it so I think the humor was more based around the interactions of the characters rather than obvious jokes right yes it was all about how one person was reacting to the other one or something Mm -hmm. they would just say in reaction to them, but it wasn't necessarily a joke. It was just like a, an offhanded remark. And so, yeah, I liked it. Um, it, it's still not, again, I've only seen it once, so I should probably reserve judgment. It's not my favorite Wes Anderson film because I think I have a soft spot for Fantastic Mr. Fox, but however, I have seen that a million times. So I think if I am able to watch this more and catch more little Easter egg things, I might enjoy it more as well. So it's a a solid slice it for me. I'm really glad we got to see it. So I appreciate you making that happen. <laughs> I mean, I like Wes Anderson films yeah. to an extent. I'm not passionate about the fantastic Mr. Fox like you are. It's so good. But I have not seen the Grand Budapest Hotel, mm, I don't okay. think. Probably not. Because that was his last one, right? Yes. I believe so. Okay. I saw Isle of Dogs with you. Yes. And then that- he did that one, I think. I think Budapest, Grand Budapest Hotel was from it was before I Love Dogs, but regardless, okay. yeah. Um, I noticed that I keep saying Budapest because of Scarlett Johansson always correcting people in Black Widow. Did mm-hmm. you know? Remember that? I don't know. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't. It that doesn't. Most people say Budapest anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But I just realized I was saying it that way, and I think that was why. Well, you know what? Where did that get her? That's true. Nowhere. I didn't see her in Endgame. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad that this movie happened. I hope he keeps producing more of this type of stuff. It's always, you know, it's different. It's fun. And I think that's what I like about it. Is it's 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 just so kooky. Is yes. that the right word to Absolutely. use? Absolutely. It yeah. It's it's so artistically weird mm-hmm. that you can't help but enjoy it. Yes. Maybe somebody will be like, this is terrible. But like, I just feel like the characters are, no matter whether they're likable or not, they are, in a sense, intriguing. Yeah. There's always something that is, even like the bad characters, like, you're always like interested in them because of some quirk or whatever he mm-hmm. builds into the characters. So. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would honestly, I'd probably dissect it. I, I really did enjoy it. Depending how much it costs when it comes out on demand, I might even buy it. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, the most of the, most of the time that I the the enjoyment I get out of Wes Anderson films is by watching them again and again. Mm. So I think the more I watch it, the more I'll enjoy it. 
And I'd love to catch the first, I don't know, 30 seconds or so that we may have missed when we walked in. Yeah, that does bother I ha- me I have to assume it was I'm very... haunted by that. I know. I... We miss like 30 seconds of the movie <laughs> and I just don't know. The, like, I... how much did I miss? Is it, is it is it ruining the whole context The weird thing about it is like we were the only people in the theater. So like, why were they even yeah. playing it? Like, do they just have it on a loop? Like, what... <laughs> why didn't they just not play it if there was no nobody in there? So, whatever. Anyway. I mean, we were Different issue. I mean... Yeah, but they didn't know that. I mean, for all you know, I rented out the whole theater for just the two of us. Maybe <laughs> but I was you couldn't to... get them to hold on? <laughs> <laughs> They're really strict on their time, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky we even got into the door after. Yeah, of course. Sorry, you can't be tardy. <laughs> but it's literally just us in there. Yes. Yeah, it looks like nobody's in there. No the one's doors in there. are closed. No one's in there right now, so... <laughs> All right. Yes, I, I definitely think that it's worth a watch for anybody interested in something a little off the wall cinema. Yes. Uh, we also checked out a TV show on Netflix called Inside Job. Yes. Uh, this was created by Shion Takeuchi, uh, and it came out on Netflix on October twenty second. Uh, so the premise of this is Inside Job is a workplace comedy set in a world where every conspiracy theory is real. <laughs> it is centered around an American shadow government organization, Cognito Inc., which attempts to control the world and keep the conspiracies secret. Yeah. There's a couple main characters. Lizzie Kaplan plays Reagan, uh, which is this young go-getter scientist woman who wants to basically run the company mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. And I think this is like the first episode is like she's thinks she's getting a promotion, but mm-hmm. it ends up having to share that promotion with a new recruit yeah. named Brett Hand, played by Clark Duke. And he's basically just a yes man that they hired because she's not a likable personality. Yeah. And they like his personality, so he's like the I guess the PR side where she's the do the work side. Yeah. Uh, and then she also has a dad named Rand, played by Christian Slater, uh, and he was apparently the former CEO and co-founder of the company. And now he's just like this drunk who is bitter at yeah, the company. Yeah, he was like for driven out reason. for something. Yeah, he was yeah. he was removed from his controlling interest. Yeah. There's other characters. There's like this half dolphin, half military officer. <laughs> oh, fuck, I forgot about that. Uh, there's this giant like mushroom person mm-hmm. creature thing. Yeah. That came from the center of the earth that is like working for him. Uh, they just have, you know, kooky characters. He he reminds me of like, what's the alien from American Dad? Roger. Roger. <laughs> he, that, the mushroom reminds me of Roger. Um, Roger's so good. Overall, like this, this cartoon is very it feels like it's trying hard to be rick and morty mm-hmm. but on not as extreme insanity of yeah. a level yeah it i i agree it seems a lot like rick and morty or at least that's what they're aiming for but it's somehow it's more based around like the conspiracy theories of the american government rather than like just random bullshit space mm-hmm. travel or whatever time travel or yeah. whatever yeah Exactly. Yeah. It it's very interesting. Some of the I feel like the episodes so far have been hit or miss. Some of them I think are really good. Other ones I'm like, eh. Yeah. You know where they're going with the context of what they're trying to do the you know for the message or whatever. Yeah. But 
Some of them are a little boring. Yeah. Um, I like the characters. I think that uh, the main character, her issue with like not being <laughs> likable, and she's like really good scientist but kind of a bitch like, mm. <laughs> like she has no social skills no, right she's terrible. she, she she's doesn't like, know how to interact with people yeah and she doesn't know how to um she thinks she she is better at the things than other people and she doesn't know how to let people other yeah. people do things and she struggles I, with figuring out that like the the last episode i watched was she got onto a dating app to prove that she could get a boyfriend because people are like, yeah, you couldn't get a boyfriend. <laughs> and then the guy messes her interested and she freaks out because she doesn't know how to talk to guys. Yeah. And then so her genius plan is I'll make a robot of this guy I'm compatible with, practice dating with the robot. Uh-huh. And then somehow the robot ditches her to make another robot of her. <laughs> It just turns into like this big clusterfuck of a problem. Yeah. And it just, it's really funny. Yeah. It's a, the, like the ridiculous takes that they have on like different conspiracy theories is probably the funniest part to me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, this thing that people think is real and, and this other more crazy thing on top of it. Like they, they very much yes and all the craziest yeah. shit that people think. They have this whole men in black little joke thing where they have people that get basically taken and yeah mind wiped if they mm-hmm. hear the slightest like accidental thing yeah and that'll happen like every episode somebody will say something on accident <laughs> in the public and they oh uh we need a mind wipe or whatever yeah it's pretty funny i think they have like the mothman works in like one of the offices or something it it's just <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like futurama like humor i would say mm-hmm. but with like a rick and morty type feel yeah it kind of feels the best way i could describe it yeah it feels a lot like uh rick and morty uh futurama and american dad had a baby okay i could see that yeah yeah that's a good one yeah (laughs) i'll say it's a slice it i'm i'm continuing it yeah i think i'm six episodes in it's got 10 okay i left off on I want to say the third episode, whenever we were watching it initially, mm. um, I need to check it out again. I think towards the end of the third episode, I was pretty tired, so I forgot some stuff, but yeah. I did enjoy what I saw. Yeah, I'm also going to slice it for what I've seen. I think I will be checking out the rest of it at some point. Uh, if you're still listening, we appreciate you. Thank you very much. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. Please take a second out of your day to rate or review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or whatever your podcast service is. We would love to know how we're doing. Um, Also, you can keep up with us on social media. Check us out on Facebook, Dissecting This Fiction. You can follow us on Twitter at DTFPod. Or you can send send us an email directly to DTFPod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website, DTFCast.com. All right, time to get into our gaming section. You know we're heading into the holiday time because we are starting to see games get released. Oh, yeah. So, for Xbox, coming out on the 9th, we have Forza Horizon 5. Okay. Which is a big title for Xbox, obviously. Right, right. It's also included in Game Pass if you are subscribed to that. Nice. Uh, I think there's some season pass you can purchase that technically lets you get it before the 9th to play. It's some weird loophole thing. I don't know. Sure. Uh, But anyways, big title coming out. 
It's getting good scores from what I'm seeing around the, the gaming outlets. Nice. Uh, PlayStation, I didn't see anything that, that was really specific to, to the console this week. Uh, Switch has Knights of the Old Republic coming out on the 11th. This is not the remake. I think this is just a port of the original. Mm-hmm. They also have Shin Megami Tensei Five coming on the 12th, which is a big JRPG. Of course. I played like one back in the day on PS2. It had Dante from Devil May Cry. As, I don't know if it was playable, but he was a, a character you interacted with in the game. Mm-hmm. So that was my introduction to that. All right, multi-platform, we have Jurassic World Evolution 2 coming out on the 9th. They really, they're really dangling the carrot with this one. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, should I buy it? Should I buy it? <laughs> but I'm trying to wait because yeah. of all the DLC that they did later on. Mm-hmm. And then they put it all together for way cheaper. So I'm trying to maintain, yeah. keep my wallet in my pocket. <laughs> did you finish all the original Jurassic World stuff? Uh, I did Evolution? the Jurassic Park mm-hmm. thing and some of the other ones. I think there's like one, maybe two of the sections I have to finish. Still. Mm, okay. Uh, and also Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Definitive Edition will be out on the 11th. Okay. This is the one that has GTA 3... Vice City, and San Andreas, if I'm correct. Oh, right, right. So it's not quite accurate to call it the GTA trilogy. Because yeah. it's not one and two and three. Right. It's the more more modern games, I right. guess. And also, for anybody who has Game Pass, uh, San Andreas will be on Game Pass on the 11th to play with the service. Nice. Obviously, they want you to play that. Be like, cool, now I'm going to buy the thing for the other two games. Right. All right, getting to some of our news. I saw one cool thing I wanted to just point out, actually, for Amazon. They currently have what they're calling a Black Friday thing. Uh, If you buy two games, you'll get one free. Pretty much is what they're doing online. And I think it's active currently. So Nice. You know, we got Call of Duty Vanguard that just came out. Battlefield, I think, is coming out soon. Can you buy digital codes? Or does it? I don't know. That's a good call. We should look into that. Yeah. That was the one thing I was like, well, that doesn't work for me because we do digital so we can right. share on our consoles. Yeah. Uh, but that's a good point. We should look and they have digital. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, that offer, I think, is good for other products too, which includes movies and books and probably some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But mainly the games are a good deal for people who want to save a little bit of money but have a lot of games they want to get. Or maybe they're holiday gifts. Who knows? Moving on. Marvel's Midnight Suns, which was, I think, announced not too long ago, has already been delayed to the second half of 2022. It was planned for March next year, and it won't be out until between July and December. Oh, bummer. This was like a strategy-type game, I think. So much like the Mario Rabbit game, whatever. Oh, okay. And then Gears of War Tactics, those kind of games. Okay. Uh. Spider-Man has finally gotten a release date for the Marvel's Avengers game on PlayStation. Oh, shit. It uh, has been announced that it'll come out November 30th. Uh, Of course, this makes sense, right? Right before the movie. Mm -hmm. So kind of cross-promote to an extent there. Mm, Yeah. And the premise will be that uh, Spider-Man helps the Avengers stop AIM from upgrading the Synthoid army through unlockable challenges. So this does not sound like it's going to be like Black Panther where they add like a whole 
story. Story to it. It, it sounds, sounds like, just like a skin. you're just playing levels that probably already exist, and they're kind of implementing maybe some conversations in there while you play as a character. It does seem that way. Yeah. Which makes sense. We kind of talked about that when yeah. this first we played the demo and all that stuff, and we're like, this does. I, it doesn't make sense that they would add Spider-Man as its own entity because, in a sense, that would break the game because the game would have to work for cross-platform. Mm-hmm. So if you then add a character who has his own mechanics and type of story campaign, mm-hmm. that would have to exist for the other right area of yeah. players. And if it doesn't, then that, that it doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. Or I guess I guess they could theoretically have it in the like hub of the missions and then you just would be told you can't play it. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be a real dick move. It would. So it's kinda of like we thought. It was it sounds like it's gonna just be you're probably gonna play a lot like Black Widow or Miss Marvel with the mechanics of the character. Yeah. Uh, but they are also going to add uh, according to their blueprint for What's to come? Uh, power level cap increases, including gear and resources. So I think we're stuck at like 140 on the gear and all that stuff. I think it's going to boost that to be able to go higher now. Oh, okay. I don't think I've reached that level with my stuff yet. So. Uh, you probably have on your like main character. Oh, okay. Uh, it was Miss Marvel, right? It was the oh, one you yeah. were using mostly. Yeah, you're right. I you kind of jump between characters, but like yeah. Thor was like my main. Right. I've maxed and, him out and got and him Kamala to like. Kamala was my main, I think. I think I have Thor is my main. I think Iron Man's probably my second strongest after that. Then Hulk. I played a little bit with the other characters, yeah. but Thor is really the one I focused on. Yeah, most recently I was dicking around trying to like get all the stupid um, like harm room challenges done and, and like the story trash, like everybody's individual story. So I was like going around and playing all the different characters, but mm-hmm. typically uh, Kamala was my choice. Yeah, I feel like it's a fun game to go back into when they have stuff like this added. Yeah, but it's not a game I'm going to go on every day or every other day and mm-hmm. and grind like they want right. me to do yeah because nothing really changes exactly but i think it's it's worth playing just for this story and when they add new stuff mm-hmm. some exciting news for people who are interested in playing battlefield 2042 apparently if you have ea play or game pass ultimate you can play a 10-hour trial of the game oh nice I don't know how much that translates to as far as how long the campaign is, mm-hmm. but it gives you a good idea if you want to play the game, right? Yeah. Especially if you get through most of that 10 hours or through most of the campaign even, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, well, I guess I'll buy it so I can finish it, which right. is probably what they want you to do. Yeah. Get far into it, so then you'd be like, well, you're I have invested. to finish. Yeah. Yeah. It's included if you have Ultimate Game Pass on console or if you have Standard Game Pass on PC. Nice. So I would definitely be checking this out. Yeah. Battlefield is the one game I never really got into. Mm-hmm. But having a 10-hour trial seems like a good deal. Yeah. So I will not be available for the next 10 hours after this. Okay. <laughs> That's fine because I'll be asleep. <laughs> uh, last in our gaming news, uh, speaking with Toy World Magazine, WB General Manager Rachel Wackley said that Hogwarts Legacy will release after Fantastic Beasts 3 on April 15th of next year for oh, that film. Okay. 
So that gives us a window that we know it's after April 15th, but you would also think they want to cross promote. So Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be close to that date. Yeah, I would imagine. I sure hope that's good. (laughs) I just The game? Yeah. Or the movie? The game. I mean, both. Yeah, okay. Yeah. (laughs) But the game is the one I'm concerned about. (laughs) It has so much potential. Yeah, it looks like a game that even if you don't follow Harry Potter, like it feels like something that you could jump into and enjoy the world. Yeah, yeah. It felt very uh, Shadow of Mordor mm-hmm. in the sense of you can jump in without knowing right. the details yeah. of and the history of the books and the movies right. and all that stuff. Definitely. So I'm interested in it, but I'm not like waiting for it to release like i'll play it whenever it's out but until then i've got other stuff i can yeah you've got 10 hours of battle i have have other games i can avoid playing while i'm on warzone yeah (laughs) yeah exactly all right well that's it for our gaming no uh no game review this week like i said we were trying to keep it short yes i guess we semi did it did we (laughs) i would say so good i'm glad that's it thanks everyone for listening we appreciate you hanging around uh listening to our news situation for you uh please don't forget to go rate or review us on your podcast service especially if it's apple podcasts or itunes that's where it supposedly matters we would love to know how we are doing um also follow along with us throughout the week on facebook dissecting this fiction you can also follow us on Twitter at DTFPod, or you can send us an email directly to DTFPod at gmail.com. You can send us content requests, su- suggestions, corrections, blah, 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 when anything you feel like. We'll take it. Um, also, you can see our website if you're interested, DTFCast.com. So there's links to all of our episodes. All of them. Every single goddamn one. All 111. Plus one. Plus, uh, well, well, yeah, but there'll be like even more than that because there's our side episodes. Oh, true. The true. anatomy ones are yes. not technically counted as yes main episodes. Good point. So lots, lots, and lots of listening material. Yeah. So that's it for episode 112 of Dissecting This Fiction. Mm-hmm. Bye bye.